Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. All right, welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I'm here with Ketchy. Uh, that's Lance Ligety Psycho. Ketchy! Do you have a name for Tr- your... Trout Gang, Trout Gang. Is that what it is? <laughs> Do you have a YouTube... When are you launching? What, what's going on? Uh, probably probably November. Yep. And I think it's just going to be called Psycho Fishing. Yeah. But, but spelled Psycho. C-A-Y-K-O. Or Psycho. Yeah. Psycho Fishing. P-S-Y. Good. C-H-O. That's smarter. Because now I'm like, yeah, yeah. It could be called fishy instead of catchy, but psycho fishing. Psycho fishing, because that works. Because people will then get it that that's your name, but in the beginning, they'll be like, what? What is this? Bingo. I think the first video will be like, it'll be like, oh, well, yeah, welcome to the psycho fishing, whatever. And then I'll do like a, and then it'll be like, why? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm your host, Lance Psycho. You got it. But we're going to go a little crazy in this show and give you all the cool tips. So that's why it's Psycho All the coolest tips. Uh, I'm Alex Gore. I'm just just the host of this show inside the firm. And that's Jason Buss. There he is, walking up the stairs, photographer uh, extraordinaire. Yeah, slash architect. Not yet, but going to be. You got it. Um, Hey, Lance. Would you, if you were building your own house... Mm -hmm. Would you want to save like $100,000? Yes. If you were starting a construction project, would you not want to lose $20,000? I don't want to lose $20,000. If you got a client that's working out well with, wouldn't you like to extend that contract and make it like worth double, triple what your initial contract oh, was? Oh, that sounds like a dream. Well, go to architect to builder. Uh, it's not even that. It's architectsguide2.com because there'll be a bunch of guides. But the best one... The best, probably bang for your buck, bang for bang your dollar. Bang for your buck. Architects2builders.com. We have homeowners. Architectsguide2.com. Architectsguide2.com. Yep. Homeowners that are taking that, that are building their own home. Uh, also, like, homeowners can build their own houses. I, I don't think people know that. They can. Yep. Um, we have students taking it. We have people fresh in the industry that helps them in their architecture career. And then people that are... Uh, kind of get the architecture game there's levels to this game are moving up stepping up to being a builder right so go check that out architects that's plural guides guide to to.com yeah uh if you were building your house what kind of windows would you be putting in that house i hopefully mm-hmm. you're considering pella luxury because you've never experienced a brand like this before the collection of brands within the luxury division of pella are the conversation starters the pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects the building industry and beyond they have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another they don't push beyond the limits they set them explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today and start understanding what they can do for you, how they will help you raise the bar on your next building project. Uh, also, this also. episode is brought to you by Arcat. Arcat has BIM content that is 100% free. It's my favorite part. And you shouldn't have to give up your personal data in exchange for it. They believe the same as 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 you and I. So that's what RCAP believes. RCAP offers data-rich objects, families, and systems for free. And without reservation registration, to sweeten the deal, you can download these files in the last four editions of Revit. That's right. They don't restrict you to just Revit 2022, Revit 2021. Last four editions. Isn't that awesome? In SketchUp format or DWG, you could even move into those with Arcat. Go to Arcat.com today and enjoy the freedom. That's A-R-C-A-T.com and start building better content today. Al Gore. Yes. Tell me something. Tell I'm, me something good. I'm, about to, blow, something. I'm about to blow your mind, okay? Yeah. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to blow everybody's mind Ooh. with a, uh, a very interesting article that just came across my feed. Um, it was published on July 12th. I'm actually going to hit the record button here. Share Smash this. it. 
Smash that record button. I'm going to smash the record button because you're so hip. all of those people on the YouTube have smashed that like and subscribe button. If you're not le- watching on YouTube, you need to be watching on YouTube, I'm telling you. Because uh, downloads are above 13K a month. So that's because of you guys. Yes, exactly. Going to 14. Yep. yep. All that. Y'all rock. Y'all rock. Thank you very much for the support. So the article I've got up here, Al, is <clears throat> it is titled, it was, it was uh, written on J- July 12th. Just came across my feed, though, maybe about, geez, uh, yesterday, the day before. It's called, This Real Estate Bubble Won't Pop. I'm going to read it to you, Al. I want, you, I want your reaction, okay? Okay. Housing prices, house prices, sorry, are currently at an all-time high, but we are not in a real estate bubble. Can you believe it? We're in a pricing paradigm shift. Wow. The old paradigm, a house house's price is the maximum amount that an area's average local buyer can afford to mortgage over 25 to 40 years but because wages have flatlined mm-hmm. and purchasing parity is the same as it is in 1978 the housing size of 1978 compared to now too think about that yeah yeah the only rational explanation for this current price explosion is a giant debt bubble hmm. right question mark wrong what the new paradigm monitored monetary theory Yes, yes, MMT, look it up. Uh, not endorsing get it. get into it. Yeah. The new paradigm, a house's value is not is now the maximum amount of an annual rental income that can be extracted from it by a global investor multiplied by maximal institutional leverage. That's that's maybe the issue. Because I was going to say, Mr. Free Market Lance, what do you think about that? Because that's totally free market. But is it unfree market if these global investors get access to maximum into in, uh, institutional leverage meaning there's levels of this banking game and bailouts and bailouts and bailouts uh, I, I brought this up before don't forget about the ppp bailouts everybody's complaining about the 1200 stimmy check that goes yep. to individual people everybody forgets about how giant the stimmy checks were for corporations well, and um, so just to give you some examples remember the big short and those mm-hmm. investor guys tried to get preferential like banking privileges at banks and they had to use some rich guy out of Boulder that had a net worth of who knows, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars, right? To get that. Mm-hmm. Um, also know like there was the main street program where you could get your loans refinanced at like 2%. And it's like, you have to have o- over 350 yeah. employer. If you know any middle-sized town, which is like a hundred thousand people, <laughs> there's no person on main street that has 350 employers. No one. Bingo. So it's like us as a small, why couldn't we get that refinanced? Why can't we get our debt refinanced at 2% instead of, you know, 4% for this building and things like that? Yeah. So is that where it then becomes cronyism? Yes. Because you're not allowing, and, and hey, that's just loaning. It's cronyism um, when, when one, when one, when one subset or superset of people or corporations have an advantage over the other subset or, or supersets of people because of government intervention. Simple as that. But but I want to point out that's the small game compared to the big game. Let's say you make $100,000 and your house is $300,000. You're leveraged three to one. Let's say you have a car and you get student loans at $400,000. You're leveraged four to one, right? These guys are leveraging at 100 to one, 1,000 to one. Yeah. Like, oh, I got a million dollars, but I'm buying stuff and leveraging it at like a trillion dollars worth of stuff. Not a trillion, a billion. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest paradigm shift in the history of human shelter. And it's the reason why the vast majority will never own a house in the future. Because our family homes are just future hedge fund investments. Mm. The $10 million house. Wow. In 50 years, the average house will cost $10 million plus dollars. Do you believe it, Al? No, but I'm. This is the first time I'm seeing it. So yeah, most people think that's impossible, just like Al Gore. But <laughs> I'll show you the exact math on how it's going to play out. Sure, there might be more real estate price crashes, but they'll just be bigger versions of 2008 buying opportunities for the hyper elites. Even with temporary price drops, expect overall prices to continue hard up and to the right for nine major reasons. Number one, population is growing. Our global family currently consists of 7.9 billion, headed to 10.5 billion within 50 years. That's a 33.3% increase in the number of people who need to be housed. While this doesn't mean house pricing, house prices will automatically increase by 33%. 
population growth does create more demand. That, that I believe in that, but people should look into the numbers because at 2050, America starts to go down yeah. unless they start importing people, yeah. which they can. Yeah. It is America. And, and which I'm not against either, honestly. Well, why would you be? Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we need more people. <laughs> I'm a, a person. A lot of people are against it. I'm not. I understand that. I, a, yeah. Well, I think you're of the growth mindset. I think we are both of the growth mindset. I think the I've, I've seen a lot of land out there. The too. Op- exactly. The opposite of that is the scarcity mindset, and that's no way to live your life. Yeah. I digress. Number two, people. Space is big too. Space is giant. Yeah. Can't even fathom it. You have no idea. I don't. Number two, people are moving to cities. Overall population will only rise by 33%, but look at the stats on where everyone is moving. Cities. Four billion people currently live in urban areas, but that number is set to jump to seven billion within 30 years, and it will hit eight billion in 50. So essentially, housing demand where most people live will double. What will the average house cost when twice as many people are bidding on it i that's so you know most people are moving to cities i don't know aren't we seeing the opposite trend right now i know well that's where it's a little bit i think these are macro macro trends um but we go to these economists uh when we would the real estate person and then that guy remember that we went to was at oh you weren't there international Builders show. Yeah. And what he said is the growth is the outlying areas outside of big cities. So these highways that go out, that's where it's going to be. Um, they'll look for that for major growth. Uh, so all like just think 25, 25 North, 25 South. Yeah. I believe you're talking about Elliot Eisenberg. I am. The Check guy. him out. Go to econ70.com. Elliot Eisenberg, PhD, is an internationally acclaimed economist and public speaker. Uh, he's fun. He's fantastic. He also, he literally makes. Uh, the minutia, I'm reading kind of verbatim here, minutia of economics, fun, relevant, and educational, right? Otherwise, you're just bored. I even had uh, one of my good friends, TJ Eckert, shout out, point out to me in the last episode when he watched it, he goes, Al kind of looked like he was falling asleep a little bit when he started to get into economics. And I go, there you go. So I, I wasn't making it fun enough. I apologize. <laughs> That's your fault. That's my fault. Exactly. I'm, fault. I'm thinking they, extreme ownership here. Yeah. Uh, the bow tie economics. <laughs> Yeah, the Bowtie Economist. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's awesome. Number three, most more people are living alone. My grandma was raised in a farmhouse with a mom, dad, and a half a dozen siblings. My father-in-law was one of nine kids. Today, both of those homes probably contain less than four people. In major urban centers like New York, it's less than two point four people per unit and falling. As more people live alone, we need far more housing units. When there's more demand, without adequate supply, prices increase. Now, Again, I love how. Every time these left of center people speak, they always get supply and demand correct, and they always miss, once again, the problem, one of some of the major problems. You know what's depressing about this? Hmm. It's like, hey, um, it is good if you already have a home, because that means the more inflation that happens only for this particular situation, the more your money will go like to take away that debt. Right. If you only bought a home for 300 and then in 10 years, it's 600. Hey, great. Everyone's paying 600. You know, I'm paying 300. But the problem is like when you want to sell it, when you see that your home is a million dollars, right? 10. Well, he said 10. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you could sell it, but all where the homes, go? where are you going to go? Multiple house ownership. Maybe that's the solution now. Looking at you, small time landlords and non-resident Airbnb hosts, more than 23 million American landlords own more than one house. That might seem like a lot, but what it actually means is that 115 million Americans don't get to own a home because a wealth extractor ah, owns two. My wife read this article and she hated that. She was like, well, how am I wealth extracting? This is what, communist. Yeah. Uh, it's a Marxist style of thinking, honestly, wealth extraction. That's silly. Like, okay, housing and construction, number five, housing construction isn't keeping up, not even close. The U.S. housing supply has been underbuilt for over a decade. Now we're building just six houses for every 10 new households. Now add the fact that number six. Okay, wait on that. Remember our last conversation yes. about zoning codes? So I saw this property that would fit a concept that's unique um, and could work for, you know, like basically these apartments. And then like literally like because I can do dimensions and I know where how things can lay out like, oh, you could get this many units. And I'm like, Ugh. it's zoned single, single family, multi, single family residential. I need it multifamily. That will be a fight 
if the city even allows it because they don't allow spot zone change. But even if they did, I have to deal with the neighbors telling me no. Oh, I can't this- wait to show you the neighbor that you might have to deal with in the next segment. Yeah, but it, like, let's say that this was actually one of these good owl ideas. It's dead because of bureaucracy. And, you know, like it could literally put 40 houses in a place that is actually Bureaucracy, under and I'm going to say it, democracy. At a certain point, mm-hmm. you can't, this, the idea of pure democracy where everybody gets their voice, at some point we have to say the idiots don't get a voice. And there are, there are people that, that put up a stink such that it makes zero sense. Like either you want affordable housing or you don't want affordable housing. Okay. If yeah. you want affordable housing, okay. Then the guy who bought his house in 1970 and it, and has paid it, paid it all off, but goes to the public commission meeting and complains. And then the public commission strikes down the skyscraper with all the affordable housing. Like, there you go. Like you, it's either one or the other. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just who decides who's the idiots is well contested on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number six, building costs are soaring amidst material shortages. Lumber, paint, concrete, glass, labor, land, all rising faster. Water, al, al, right? Wow. All rising faster than average wages. Again, we went over why your wages are stagnant on the last episode. We live in a fi- live on a finite planet with limited resources, and those resources are becoming more expensive to extract. Accordingly, constructing new houses will continue to cost more and more. We covered this last in the last episode. Uh, number seven, real inflation isn't soaring. It's almost certainly 10 to 20% per year. Oh, see, he gets this right. I love it. And real estate always tracks with inflation. In fact, these days, in fact, shelter prices are outpacing inflation. In Canada, this is nuts. Real estate prices prices are up 40% since last year. Wow. That is insanity. Even without any of the other price rise factors on the list, if rampant real estate infl- inflation stays Average is 7.5%. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to just, I got to read this correctly, okay? I want everybody to listen. Even without any of other price rise factors on this list, if rampant real estate inflation averages 7.5% for the next 50 years, it will send the average house price over $10 million. That's how he does the math. And that's how like 7.5% a year, I guess that could happen. Um, Don't they say stocks should average between five and eight? Five and eight, five and eight, yes. Right? Um, So, wow. And that's the math. I'm still not saying it's going to happen, but like he just proved like it's feasible. It's plausible. Yeah. Uh, Number eight, the monopolists are here. When you allow speculation and investment in in residential real estate, you end up where every other capitalist sector ends up with a handful of monopolists owning all the assets in the industry. Again, is there a difference between true free market capitalism and cronyism? Yes. I would argue Let's yes. kill cronyism. That would kill those people leveraging a hundred or a thousand yes. to one. You don't get to give special rules to the people at with all with all the money. I mean, yep. that, that's the if you I mean, like if we're talking about a level playing field, then you got really got to level the whole thing. Yep. Exactly. If um, you s- go ahead, scroll up. But the but the solution is not to destroy free market capitalism. The, no. the solution is to literally uncrony the capitalism so it is free market capitalism. Increase competition. Bingo. Increase competition. Competition pro. Zoom up, please. Okay, I'm going go. up. Further? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, inflation. Go back to inflation. Seven percent. No, down, down. I didn't. Uh, Jamie. <laughs> Forty percent from last year. It will send prices up. Okay. Uh, what are you reading? Even with just real inflation is soaring. This yeah. is this is a point I was gonna make. So a lot of people see this inflation in the numbers and like what things cost. So I remember when we bought our first house. I was like, we we just got in as it started. It's like we bought our houses at high. Call them two hundred. Yep. 200K. And then it was like a couple years later, sold them. And like, good, sold that at the high point. Yep. Bought my other house at a decent point, you know. And I was like, dang it, I bought my new house at a high point. And then these other guys, two years later here at the firm, they bought it. I was like, no, you bought it at the high point. And then he rechecked the prices around his that he bought last year. And it's like, oh, no, it's up even higher. So like I'm going back to the original <laughs> thing of this of this whole conversation. When when did we buy our first house? Is 2012? 2013 maybe? Uh, at the end of 2012, at the beginning of 2013. Yes. Yep. So 
that was eight, nine years ago, I thought it was at a high. So almost a decade ago, I thought there's no way this can be higher. This is a ridiculous amount of money for, for the house. So if you carry that forward, I would almost be stupid to think in 10 years, it couldn't, we could be in this same conversation. There could be ebbs and flows. The other thing too with money. MMT, MM, MMT works until it doesn't. Modern, yeah. Yeah. And then everything crashes and then it's a nightmare. But I don't think P Dustin and I were talking about this. Mm-hmm. People do not know how sucky life can get. They have no idea. And here's the example. Peace and prosperity are an anomaly on the timeline. Yep. So let's say um, back, let's say there was a time in America, doesn't matter what date you want to give it to, where um, things were not good. Uh, there was more racism. People didn't have as much money. Maybe it was a robber barriers. Maybe it was in the 1800s and you were getting scalped if you were in the middle of the place. Or maybe you were a Native American getting kicked off your land. Like there's a lot of horrible sure. places, right? So we're at whatever that level is in your head. Now we're up here. And what I like to say is, uh, and this is what I was talking to Dustin, is like once you live in the army, you realize like life can suck like consistently for like months straight, mm -hmm. right? Um, and people say, Hey, this isn't good enough. And then people like me say like, Hey, it is good. Just like work on fixing it. Don't break it down. And they're like, I feel like the rebuttal is like, you're just settling. You're just old school. And it's like, no, no, no. Because what you don't realize with your new radical solution is that you think it's going to go up there, but it could make it go yeah. there. Unattend you, unattended consequences. You do not know the second, third order effects, right? Correct. So that was an aside a, a to the real point of why I wanted you to go up is <clears throat> if you look at our money and how much things cost, you know, like a house, I'm just using 300,000. Like no way it could cost 600, you know, six, like that number psychological, yep. right? 700, 800 million. You look at uh, China's currency, you look at other countries' currencies, like something like a, a $4 burger here costs $12, a, not $12, 12 yen, right? A $300,000 house costs uh, a million yen. Like those numbers people will adjust to. It's only psychological in our head. Do you get the point I'm trying no, to no, make? No, I know exactly the point he's trying to make. And here's the, here's how I, here's how I try, try to translate that point to people. And people think it's, my neighbor told me at our, we had a, we had a dinner, neighborhood dinner, annual one that we go to every, he was like complaining about the debt and the, it, that, that there was going to be this bubble and everything. And I go, look, man, I'm with you in a certain level, but it's not hard to say quadrillion. <laughs> it's a psychological language that it's a psychological barrier that's not hard to do what in high is, school i didn't know the word i mean i probably did no one said the word trill it, trillion dollars in in high school do you see what i'm saying yes. exactly I, i'm i'm trying to lower just compact this conversation down to that kind of thinking like trillion is easy to say quadrillion is easy to say quintillion harder yeah well no it's easy google a google is amount yeah do you know what that is do you know what's even higher than a google that's even easier to say a Yota. There you go. <laughs> it's a simple, small word. Yep. Everyone. <laughs> it's just the language and the psychology. Yeah. We'll got to catch up. Yeah. Okay. Google is how much money is how much money. I want to see like, I don't know. It's like after trillion and quadrillion. It's like the next one after that is a Google. Yeah. But it's obviously not going to give me that answer yeah. right now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Keep going. Uh, okay, uh, so monopolists the, are here. The monopolists are here, right? I think this is number eight. Uh, when you allow speculation and investment in real estate, in residential real estate, you end up where every other capitalist sector has ended up, with a handful of monopolists owning all the assets in the industry. If you study history, you see this happen with steel, Carnegie, railroads, Vanderbilt, oil, Rockefeller, banking, J.P. Morgan, online retail, Jeff Bezos, luxury goods, Bernard. Arnault, Web Search, Google Plus, YouTube's Larry Page, and Sergey Brin, and so on. Monopolists will not stop until they are stopped. Obviously, up until this point in history, real estate has been a far harder market to corner because of the high upfront investment costs. But that's changed since the invention of... But wait here. This is where normal left and right people are talking past each other. Talking right past each other. Because we agree on the fundamental is don't give them extra privileges. I don't know what their solution is rather than just to ban, right? I feel like the left solution is just to ban. And what both normal people left and right don't realize is, 
hey, you think you might think that that is a left leaning thing. Biden, Obama, Clinton are not stopping this. Those guys in politician are not stopping that. Yeah, I don't care if you think that uh, exactly like they're cronies. They're cronious, buddy. I don't get it's the left. And that's and, why the, Clinton, the left and the right wing are still on the same bird. Yeah. Right. Hey, hey. that's nice. Yeah. Though what I would encourage everybody to do before they just buy into this idea that um, that. Carnegie, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, Jeff Bezos, Bernard Alt, Coca-Cola, you name it, that they are monopolies created by the act- by the fact that they're just simply capitalist corporations. I want everybody to take, uh, go to, if you, uh, what I Googled was, I Googled Cato Natural Monopolies, and the third link that came up for me was called The Myth of the Natural Monopoly. I want you to read this. It's a review of Austrian economics, volumes one through 10, and it's an article. It's called The Myth of the Natural Monopoly. The point of the, that article that you'll find, if you if you take the time to do it, is that there is no such thing as a natural monopoly. Name one example where something a monopoly has occurred naturally in nature without, and, and so we're a product of nature, right? The monopolies always occur. All these names that I just listed off Rockefeller, all those people, because of government intervention. It's some tweak to the law, to the tax code, to some kind of lobbying that's going on that allows them to be more favored, even regulation. A lot of these monopolies, like you look at the tech giants now, they're advocating for regulation of themselves. That's nefarious, I guarantee it, because guess who can keep up with those regulations that they're going to help write? Them, who have all the money and are able to do pay the people to fill out the paperwork to understand the paperwork who's not going to be able to do it the little guy yeah that's how this works okay number nine and this is what alex is talking about outrageous leverage a privileged class of investors are allowed to utilize the fed and private banking system to print nearly infinite quantities of money via leverage and use that money to outbid first-time homebuyers who had to work for years of, to earn their money. That's quote. crazy because we are not this insider. I wish we had this insider, uh, an insider to literally explain how stupid it probably is. Meaning, yeah, R&R company can leverage this amount of money and then infuse that into the system. Literally give them $1 and we get 1000 It would be interesting to have that person on, on, on here to, to... Right? Yep. And then say why? Oh, well... A bunch of big words what like quantitative easing. What if we could get the bow tie economist on this show? That would be great. I bet he could unpack it for us. But it's, I wonder if he would do it without charging up a, spe- a speaking fee. Well, the other thing Couldn't too is to like, out. he does go to all these conferences. I don't know. I'm not saying he's in the pocket. Oh, but. I see. Uh, this is where things truly get ugly. Once monopolies form, they utilize their power of financiation financialization, holy cats, to drop an economic atomic bomb on their competition. Boom. Let's say a condo is for sale right now. Ready? Okay. A first-time buyer can afford maybe $1,200 a month. So they're able to bid up to $250,000. A landlord can squeeze $1,250 per month in rent from a long-term tenant. If they're expecting half their revenue to go to costs and want a 2.5% return on investment plus appreciation, they're willing to pay up to $300,000. A non-resident Airbnb host can fetch $2,500 per month in nightly rent, double the long-term landlord, so they're willing to pay up to $600,000. A predacious hedge fund, like all monopolies, will shave those profit margins to nearly nil to destroy competition. Amazon's profit margin was negative for seven years while they killed off competitors. Wow, so a big company like BlackRock could do that to monopolize the system and then up price. And they can do that on a seven year, like they're literally betting on the price seven years in the future because they have that leverage and they can catch up to it. And you can't get a loan on a house for the value that it's gonna be in seven years in the future. Yes. So Just, the hedge fund is willing to pay up to $1.2 million to turn your house into a vacation property, nearly five times what the average person can afford. But here's the really insidious oh, move. Wow. Okay. The monopoly will partner with banks, thanks to a corporate-controlled government. See huh. what I'm saying? Ah. Huh. Uh, 
so this author who has a Marxist bent is right on a lot of this stuff, right? I'm so glad that he pointed out a corporate controlled government that constantly prints ultra treat money and lets them create credit out of thin air. Go ahead, Al. You guys are going to become best friends. Besties. Maybe I'll go fishing with you. <laughs> you probably try to uh, seize the means of my fishing. Yeah. Allow them or to. Or maybe <laughs> you will teach him how to fish rather than just fish for him. If you teach a man, <laughs> teach a man how to fish, yeah. Allow them to leverage their position to an absurd degree. The monopoly uh, won't be paying $1.2 million for that house. They'll be betting uh, $60,000 with 20x leverage and a 20x return on investment. Prior to the 2008 crash, Lehman Brothers would leverage us at a whopping 31x. So I was wrong. It wasn't 100 or 1,000. It was 31, where you, Mr. Lance, regular person, is four. Yeah. Yeah, literally four. Because uh, I had to put 25% down. Is that what you're getting at? I'm just saying if you made 100000 and you have a $300,000 home, which is average, plus your car and your student loan, $400,000 out, you only make 100000 yes. a year. Yeah. A financialized hedge fund will be willing to pay more multiples than can you can ever possibly hope to afford. It gets worse. Just like the banks spun off millions of mortgages as CDOs during the 2008 subprime debt crisis, the new real estate monopolists will likely take thousands of their underperforming vacation units, bundle them into shining looking investment yeah. packages and get their brokers to sell them to derivative to the derivatives market for even more leverage. Before we know it, housing prices could soar to astronomical heights. Yeah. And they might they might be smart enough. Riddle me this to package all those mm -hmm. and send them to pension funds right before they burst. And then guess who has owns pension funds and mutual funds and all that? Regular people. Oof. In the same way that our grandparents wouldn't have believed where real estate prices would be today, most people can't today can't fathom how expensive shelter is going to get in the years ahead. American median house prices have 12x'd in the past 50 years. See, so it's real. And if that trend continues, houses in 50 years will average at least 3.7 million. But with these radical new factors at play, especially the abhorrent financialization of the of a human necessity, we will see exponential house price increases unparalleled in human history. Average house prices could easily rise to 3.7 million, likely 5 million plus, perhaps even 10 point million. So somewhere in there, isn't that interesting that he at least recognized reality in the sense of like, it's going to be at least 3.7. Yeah. Uh, it's already happening in major cities like London, London and Paris. The financialization curse will soon spread globally. Um, so, uh, this here's his solution. I'm just gonna kind of skip ahead a little bit, right? Um, okay. Here's what's crazy. Yeah. And and if you don't think that those numbers are real or or you're hard to digest them, which I also understand, hard to digest them. Remember those Sears kits for houses way back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 1908. I know that's a long time ago, but a hundred years that it was offered for 191 dollars. In 1908. So uh, let's just say a framing package in 2008. Let's just say that your house cost is half of all the other costs. I'm being like extremely nice here. Um, that would probably be what? 100, 150. So let's just say 191. So that is 10 to 100x. So in 100 years, and he's talking about 50 years. So in 100 years, you'd be like, why wouldn't it also be 100x? Mm -hmm. Meaning a $300,000 house would be, uh, yeah, three, 30 million. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like pain as a, as a species. What species does, right? But we, we particularly Jocko, don't like pain. The Jocko species it, does. That's true. David Goggins. That's true. Besides them. Okay. The majority of the species doesn't like pain and we're conscious to avoiding it, right? Mm -hmm. So we're never going to take the painful leap of like resetting the currency and, and getting into a sound money or anything like that. So it's Good. everything you're saying is plausible, right? Um, there's So his solution, what I want to get to here is I, I don't think it's the right solution. I think there's some parts of it that are good, right? Uh, so basically... He says, we need to make it illegal to turn a, pass, a passive profit off basic human necessities like shelter. There I said it. We need to ban for-profit residential real estate investment. Uh, banning things through the government doesn't seem to work too well, in my opinion. It seems like it creates a black market instantly, and the black market seems to win every single time. I don't know if you've heard about the war on drugs, Al, but... Um, I'm aware. 
I'm drugs aware. that seem to be winning. Um, so for, he's got four ideas. Illegal, make it illegal for uh, to be a for-profit landlord. Okay, make, can I tell you why? I Even if I agree with the idea... Of banning for-profit? Yep. Okay. Even, this is what I feel like. Okay. Who's going to write those laws? You know who's going to write those laws. Who's going to influence them and write those laws? Everyone knows this. The left and right knows who's going to do that, yeah. right? So what that means is that they are going to ban me and you and middle developers from doing it and still keep it okay for big guys. Yeah. Like, it's just going to happen. And and they'll say, I think yeah, we, we ban for-profit for landlord, but this is called a quantitative uh, ownership. And that, that is illegal. That is probably what I, you heard it here first. Quantitative <coughs> ownership. Al's. Yep. Watch it. Watch it come out. Seriously, it's gonna happen. <laughs> Hilarious. So uh, yeah, four things. Uh, legal to be. He says uh, illegal. Make it illegal to be a for-profit landlord. Make it illegal to Airbnb a non-owner-occupied house. Make it illegal for hedge funds to buy up neighborhoods. Make it illegal to finan- financialize houses as a tradable as tradable bulk commodities. Right? The last two, I think, would hit the big guys. They well, would hit the big guys. They're not bad. They're not those 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 ideas are not the worst. Number three, I actually the first I two, like the first two are normal people getting a leg up. But don't you think these are reactive policies? So the proactive policy would be get rid of the Fed, get back to sound money, get rid of lobbying, and get rid of corp- cronyism. Those are proactive right. solutions. These solutions are reactive to an already cronyist environment. You got to think, like you just said in your little analogy there, and suspect that you're just exa- you're just continuing the cycle. Yep. Well, okay, before you go to the next sentence, which you have to read word for word, it, it, it's kind of like saying, um, let's say there was, uh, oh, here you go. <laughs> let's say any college campus, right? For some reason, the federal government decided to flood it not with easy money and cheap money, which they did, which is why prices are so high, but with just a whole bunch of cocaine, <laughs> a whole bunch. They just somehow like dump trucks all over the place. And they said, hey, it's illegal to use this cocaine. Hey, don't do it. Hey, we're watching you. Hey, we're going to put more cops on there. Hey, we're going to have uh, like lawyers ready to sue you. Be like, Or don't have all the cocaine Don't on have campus. all the cocaine. Don't have, just don't have dump trucks don't of cocaine the, yes. everywhere. What do you think is going to happen? Right, that's an analogy to your point. Yeah, go back up. I wanted you to read that sentence. This While one? it is tempting to give little landlords a pass, even this must be eliminated because financialized investors have an advantage over families, and the latter should always be prioritized in a civil society. The working class can no longer afford to support the landlording class. <sighs> <laughs> he, he, well, here's See, the question. That's where the here's the question: up. like the the ADU thing and the thing in like, um, and then going to density. Here's here's why too many rules gum up the system, because there is a niche market in these denser cities that only the smaller person can do, or would, or is even interested in doing. Yep. So going back to last podcast, the big guys can't do that, right? Think about this too. You know, there's uh, angel funds and investor funds and, 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 and even real estate, like guys with big amount of money. The good ones only do projects that have this type of return, X yeah. amount of return. Yeah. And they're always in the news. This, this is the best people. This is who you want to work for. And what they do by holding that line, by being the best is like, oh, there's a bunch of opportunities where they will only take 20%. I'll take 18. I'll take 16. I'm just a little, I'm nimble, right? So by doing that, you don't know the unintended consequences. Yes. You do not know the unintended consequence of that. And that is building up and literally making the solution that the other left person was saying yesterday that we actually agree with, not yesterday, last podcast, yeah. about infilling these cities. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, that's, um, I'm not going to read the rest of this. I, think- I appreciate the article. Thanks for the article. I think a lot of people are saying the same thing, but just like different solutions. And I feel like those different solutions are meaningful, but the issue is huge. The issue is huge and we need proactive solutions to it. Uh, Okay. Uh, On that note, Al, so I'm actually, I'm going to keep the the recording going here. 
And uh, I wanted to, so everybody who's listening terrestrially, let me see if I can pause this before it starts and gets crazy here. Okay. So basically, um, on this note of development and trying to get to affordability and um, making making it so we, we want affordable housing, right? We already talked about this and I, and I, and I uh, gave a little preview, a little tease about this little segment. So found this awesome meme. It is a video meme. And for everybody listening terrestrially, you sh- this is where you should be watching on YouTube because uh, if you were watching on YouTube, you could see and hear the whole thing and the visual goes with it. So be- it's in Spanish. And so I'm going to do a little voiceover when this gentleman. And so to get, uh, what it is is, is uh, this is, it's a text over on a very popular meme that has been around since, I don't know, about 10 years now. Is it where the guy laughs? Like, it's where the guy laughs. And does the Apple thing like, we'll make it a dongle. We'll make it so that you have to buy like everything Apple. It's, it's exactly. Alex just described it. It is uh, this Latino fellow from this um, show. I don't know where it's in some Latin country. Forgive me here. Um, and he's basically telling the story. Uh, he's a man who bought a house for 60k in 1970. So, are you gonna pause the uh, audio and just read it for people? Is that what you're gonna do? Are you gonna read the text? Uh, I'm gonna or, or I'm gonna read just... the text as we go. Okay, we're gonna see how it works out. Cool. I don't know how it's gonna work out. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, here we go. And I want Al to react to it and tell me if this is the truth about okay. what he sees in planning commission meetings about one guy coming in a NIMBY and saying not in my backyard and ruining affordable housing and how do we how do we solve this problem okay okay, okay. a developer proposed a new luxury high rise near me i was kind of worried about this in renting my old house out to a couple of techies who i charge 4500 a month in rent for a house i bought in 1970 for $60,000 Forty-five hundred rent. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. <laughs> Forty-five hundred rent <laughs> on a house assessed at sixty k. <laughs> this is Boulder. <laughs> I pay one hundred fifty in property taxes. <laughs> anyway, if they built this high-rise, then the techies might move out and go there. And I wouldn't be able to charge 4500 in rent. So I told the planning commission that they shouldn't approve it. I hope he said that they listened. <laughs> Tell me. Because it wasn't affordable enough. <laughs> and the planning commissioners. Oh, God. They listened to me. <laughs> the planning commissioners. They disapproved the building because it wasn't affordable. <laughs> and I got to keep charging 4500 a month in rent. <laughs> oh, God. I hope this guy sees every one of these. 4500 rent for a 100-year-old house. Assess it CCK. This is the fourth time I've done this. <laughs> Whenever a developer tries to build new housing near me, I give a public comment at the planning commission. I tell them to disapprove it. And they keep listening to me. Forty five hundred rent. <laughs> I want to send this to all the planning Because guys. the planning commission protects my investments for me. <laughs> Sometimes I tell them it's to protect neighborhood character. Oh, God. I love how deep this is going. Sometimes I say it's not affordable enough. <laughs> and parking? Yeah. Yes, sometimes I say there's not enough parking. <laughs> Traffic. <laughs> all to protect my 4500 rent. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good uh, that is spot is it, on is it is it true mr al is it's, it true it's more true than not but and um, it's sad. They, they had to keep a storyline and this guy 4500 there's multiple other reasons um uh the the honestly the the biggest one is just 
I don't want anything different. Like, I don't know what that mentality <sighs> is, but it, it's literally like, this is going to be different. I don't want it. I wouldn't have designed it that way. Yep. Okay. So, of course, of course, the guy that isn't you or the girl that isn't you didn't design it the way you would, or yep. else they would be you. And then they'd be sitting here at a planning commission, not doing anything, bitching about what other people are doing. Yeah. Tough times. Tough times. What do you cool. got? What do you got going on? What do we got next, Al? Uh, we have our bestie, Nick, with Nick Reads. Here we go. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. There's bullshitters and there's liars. The difference is the liar tries to hide his bullshit while the bullshitter lets you know he's lying. That's why I like bullshitters more than liars. Matthew McConaughey. Toodles. Nice. Nice, short, to the point. Matthew McConaughey, next governor of Texas, next president of the United States. Buy his book, Green Lights. It's out now. Haven't read it. Don't know if it's good. Don't know if it's good. Well, I'll tell you what's going to be. I'll tell you what's going to be good. What? ARE Jeopardy. Let's bring down the crew. Here we go. Question one. Remember, big letters, hold them up, all that. Uh, what is the most forgotten foundation item not installed during construction? Okay, understand the question? Hmm. Subjective. Is it, uh, we'll, actually, I want to know what you think. Is it A, the placement of the anchor bolts? B, the placement of the corner tie downs? C, the placement of the concrete releasing agent? Or D, the placement of the UFER? And then Lance will vote if the my answer is subjective or objective. Forgotten? Yep. All right. You have B, A, D. Good. All over the place. D, B. Uh, B was corner tie downs. Close second. A, anchor bolts. I've never seen those missed. Um, concrete releasing agent is... Nope. The UFER. I'd agree with that. There we go. That is the electrode rod that goes in by the um, electrical box that they connect the wire to. So it's if it's short, it grounds into yeah. there. How far does it have to go in again? 20 feet, 20 feet if it's copper. Um, 20 say, feet. Don't say. We could use that next time. Okay. Maybe. Could be anything. Who knows? Yep. A balcony must be placed how far from an overhead power line? Is it A, 10 feet vertical... At three feet away, horizontal. Is it B, five feet vertical at five feet away, horizontal? Is it C, 10 feet to vertical at 10 feet horizontal? Or is it D, two feet vertical at 10 feet horizontal? <clears throat> and while they're thinking, no, I'll wait because this okay. is. Okay. Got him. Hold him. Hold him. What do you got him? C A C A C. Okay. C is not it. Good question. That was 10 feet at 10 feet. It is at, um, when you go three feet away, it must be 10 feet up. So a 10 feet vertical at three feet horizontal. Uh, I am getting a chimney placed at my house and there's a low roof and a high roof right next to each other and chimneys going up and it has to be two feet above anything in 10 feet. And they are just doing that metal pipe with the, with the things struts yep struts number three the most disastrous construction accident in history of the united states the willow island cooling tower collapse was caused by what a inadequate temporary bracing b natural gas explosion c premature loading of uncured concrete or d a crane accident Can you read that again? the uh, number three the most disastrous construction accident in the history of the united states the willow island cooling tower collapse was caused by what a inadequate temporary bracing b natural gas explosion c premature loading of uncured concrete or d a crane accident what do we got we have a c c c 
A, the correct answer is C, premature loading of uncured concrete. Mm. Number four. What is frequently considered the underlying cause of concrete construction failures? Is it A, premature loading of uncured concrete? Is it B, too much emphasis on rushing the construction schedule? Is it C, too little attention given to critical elements providing temporary support? Or D, inadequate connection details? Anybody need a repeat? Am I repeating Reeves? Nope. All right, what do we got? We have A, 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 B. We got B over there. We got D. The correct answer is C. Or sorry, just kidding. The correct answer <laughs> is B. Too much emphasis on rushing the construction schedule. I think Bailey got that right. Congratulations. Um, that was a good one. Okay. What do we have? Be- because, hold on, hold on. Let's unpack that a little bit. Technically, A would be right, but... It's not a specific question regarding concrete. Or it was actually, but it's really about like emphasis, like you're going too fast and then loading it too quickly before it cures, right? So that makes sense. Okay, go ahead. What do we got for who? Who won? Okay, three, three, nine, one. Okay, we, we, we have a tie. We do. We, did who's, we, who's did we get a, Did we get a tiebreaker? Marketech, thank you. Oh, Grashitect. <laughs> All right, this one is you're writing a number down, quick and, as possible. And then please remember, you get one chance. And then everyone else gets one chance before you can hold it up again. You can't just keep doing numbers. Eat the mic. Who's, who's the tie between? It's just you two. Okay. Yep. Bailey, Jason. Bailey, Jason. Here we go. Um, per the 2018 IBC, what is the minimum stairway width for a story with 55 occupants? Nope. Nope. Say, say what he said. 42 inches. No. Oh. Bailey's got to write one now. No. 36 inches. 44 is correct. Correct! <laughs> ah. Good job, everyone. Lance? If you like this episode, do not leave. Do not forget to leave us a five-star review on any of you uh, terrestrial apps. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Hit that like button on the YouTube. Subscribe. Leave us a comment. We will see you next week. Thank you.